0: Well, Welcome back in to. I have no idea what that was, but this is the Chris Mathis podcast. Of course, Spencer Mathis back here with me as well. And this is uh, airing May 31st, the day of my birthday. It is my birthday as we birthday. record this. So, wait, what was that? Happy birthday, pal. Wow. He finally said that. We're. Uh, Nia also mostly congratulated tra- you. Happy
1: birthday. What was that? Nia also congratulated you. Happy birthday.
0: Thank you. I appreciate Port that.
1: he yeah. also congratulated you. Happy birthday. All right. That's plenty. Along right with there. 400
0: other people congratulated <laughs> you. Happy birthday. All right. That's good right there. Yes. Yeah, so we got a lot of, uh, I did. I got a lot of birthday wishes today. It was, it was really cool to see everybody reach out and it meant a lot that people uh, thought of me as they did. So thank you guys. Thank you to everybody here in Tampa Bay, everybody back home in North Georgia back home is in uh, where most of my family and friends are. But uh, as far as here, in the building at iHeartRadio, and uh, Feather Sound got a lot of great love and support as well for my 25th birthday. So thank you guys for uh, all the support and for thinking of me here on this day. But more importantly, a lot of football to get into. And I tell you what, Spence, before we get into that, we do have our uh, show sponsor making this possible, and that is Ivy Log Meat Processing, as they bring you the Chris Mathis Podcast. Newly renovated shop with great staff. They're booking harvest dates Right now, that's right, as of May 31st, of course, they are booking harvest dates and moving forward. Contact David and the crew, 706-745-0011 or visit ivylogmeatprocessing.com. Also, check out Ivy Log Meat Processing on Facebook, too. Again, that's Ivy Log Meat Processing, making today's show possible. And the big news here, obviously, with uh, me being in Tampa Bay at iHeartRadio Tampa Bay at DAE, covering the Buccaneers, Spence, and you being a Bucks fan, Quarterback chatter has been the big discussion here in OTAs the first couple of days with quarterbacks Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask, and the so-called quarterback competition. Before we talk about what we see here in regards to these videos that have surfaced, not only last week, we saw some videos last week of these quarterbacks attempting some passes down the seams and hitting the dirt or going over the heads of their intended targets, but it's also continued into this week as well. But the general consensus, not from fans, not from people, in the media, but from I guess you could say how the team is portraying this quarterback situation with Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask is a quarterback competition. Do you feel deep down that this is a true quarterback competition, or is this simply, you know, just a, a, a thing or a way to motivate Kyle Trask to give it his all and try to fight for this spot? Yeah,
1: I think it's a quarterback competition just because of that, even if it's not really that close at the moment with Baker Mayfield obviously leading the way especially after hearing a lot of the players in the locker room talk about their relationship with Baker Mayfield. It seems pretty good so far between him and Antoine Winfield. A lot of the Buccaneers' defense, they talk trash a good amount. The thing with Kyle Trask is he's just so quiet, and Todd Bowles said he was looking for a guy with a little bit of moxie, which I haven't heard since, I think, Charles Davis on Madden 16 (laughs) used to say that over and over again. So, obviously, I don't think Kyle Trask is the way the Bucs are going to go, but, of course, they want to see him at his best because – I mean, he's got, what, one more year left after this one in Tampa, in which I don't know if they even w- really want to keep him if he hasn't shown anything yet after the first couple of years. So far, it's a draft blunder for, t- for uh, Jason Light and the Buccaneers. But if Baker Mayfield were to go down, they, won't, they, of course, won't Kyle Trask at the top of his game. And I think right now it is completely Baker Mayfield's job. We're going to see that as training camp goes on. But for Kyle Trask, they want to continue to say that, hey, this is a quarterback competition. Both quarterbacks are competing at the same level right now. They're both looking great out there. And that is probably mostly because they think that Baker Mayfield could get injured, especially with his recent track record um, as a quarterback, at least whenever he's with the, with the Cleveland Browns, he got answered injured two or three times with them. So that last one being a pretty big one. So I think they just want to elevate, like you said, Cal confidence and hopefully it'll light a little bit of a fire up underneath him because he has, I mean, I heard him talk for the first time. I think like yesterday was the first time I heard him talk, and He did not sound confident in his press conference whatsoever. So I think right now, it's Baker Mayfield's job. He's off. Op- he's obviously more confident. Has much more experience in the NFL, and obviously, probably at this point in his career, just just a better quarterback than Kyle Trask.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You look at the numbers, and Kyle Trask has attempted nine NFL passes so far. All of nine uh, came against the Atlanta Falcons last season, down the home stretch of that season, and he only completed three of those. And I know there's a lot of you know bells and whistles that go into that, the offensive line protections, him not having the top tier offensive targets in that situation, that late in a football game, that late in the season as well. But still, it is a little bit of a red flag for me because uh, these are two quarterbacks that are so-called battling it out in a competition right now. And I do know it is May 31st, so still plenty of time before things really get going here in Tampa Bay. And at the same time, you have a new offensive coordinator, Dave Canales, who brings in a whole new system, an entirely new system with a lot of uh, motion and play, a lot of quarterback movement too, as They're definitely going to establish that rushing attack or plan to establish that rushing attack here Mm -hmm. with Rashad White, Chase Edmonds, and uh, company there in the backfield. But with that being said, we did see some video surface late last week and early this week, too. I'm talking before today, we saw some video surfacing of both quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. And last week, Spence, we briefly touched on it, and you weren't too concerned but, and I, I wasn't necessarily concerned either. I did think it was, you know, something to talk about. Absolutely. I think it's two NFL quarterbacks that were missing throws. And uh, I do know it's early in the the off season and early in a new offensive scheme as well with Dave Canales, the Buccaneers offensive coordinator who came over from Seattle, but you see more videos here early this week. And these guys both back-to-back reps. That's the, That's the thing that gets me is it's back-to-back reps. It's, Baker Mayfield going first, bad throw, Kyle Trask following, bad throw. And it's it's not just one or two throws. It's two or three throws here and there. And for me, as a guy that's trying to see who their quarterback is, I think it is a bit of a concern because, again, there is no pressure from the defense. And these videos we're seeing, there is no rush whatsoever. There is no secondary. It's simple throws to intended targets, to tight ends, to wide receivers. And both these quarterbacks, Mayfield and Trask, are simply missing.
1: Yeah. The thing that I've noticed though, with all these videos of them missing the passes is we're only seeing them throw to the tight ends of the Buccaneers and co the fullback. I don't really, I don't think either of those guys possess any amount of speed. And I think that we're seeing probably the first couple of throws of the day between these two quarterbacks thrown to tight ends that are not experienced. I mean, the Buccaneers tight end room does not look good heading into this season. I mean, a rookie tight end and Kate Otten and coke are your, are your three tight ends heading into the 2023 NFL season. So it's pretty far off from what the Buccaneers had in 2021, what they should have had in 2022 if Bruce Arians was still the head coach. Obviously, that played a huge factor, and Gronkowski not coming back. But we haven't really seen much of them throwing to receivers, and the ones that I have seen of Baker Mayfield at least throwing to receivers, he's looked good. He's thrown some – I saw a 40-yard pass earlier today from practice or training camp whenever they, whenever they last had training camp that looked really good. So I think that they're really picking the worst throws from these two quarterbacks from what I've seen on Twitter, obviously those are coming from the top Twitter accounts like Jenna Lane and uh, people like and, and Rick Stroud and people that are really high up with the Buccaneers organization. But from what I'm seeing from the rest of the people that are just going to practices as lower tier media, you're seeing better throws from the two quarterbacks. And I think that's just them trying to paint a narrative, which I think we've seen a lot over the years in Tampa Bay media, especially coming from the first name that I mentioned of those Buccaneers reporters. So I think we're seeing a narrative setting up early on that the Buccaneers quarterback competition is not looking good. But further down training camp, I think we're going to see a lot better passes coming from these quarterbacks. And I think you just got to stay with the lower-tier media at this point until
0: the upper-tier media gets their story out that, hey, these two quarterbacks suck. Well, I I do see what you're saying as far as maybe a narrative being painted here. But at the same time, I think that even these so-called lower-tier media, as as you call them, uh, also see the same thing. Maybe they're just not publishing that as well because they don't want to be a part of that stir. But Kyle Berger was the uh, media member that put out, and of course he works for ABC Action News here in Tampa Bay. I know him quite well. He was the one that put out the, I believe, minute five second video of these two quarterbacks and this quarterback competition and a couple of bad throws. And obviously it caught traction. It was on get up this morning, according to T. T. TCRAZ took me out to lunch today for my birthday and uh, he mentioned that, that he saw on Get Up that Kyle Berger's video was, you know, on uh, on the internet regarding these two quarterbacks, and he thinks it's a big deal regarding this competition. Granted, it is still uh, the month of May. There's still several weeks and months before things really get going here. These are voluntary. These are OTAs, but I do think it's a bit of a concern because it's a so-called competition. On the flip side, at least, I, I guess you can look at it this way. At least the two quarterbacks are on the same page. They're both, you That's know, true. missing On these same routes, the tight ends down the seams, which again is, is interesting to me because it is, it should be simple throws. Now I do not know how complex the system is with Dave Canales either. Uh, maybe that's something that both these quarterbacks are having to figure out. Obviously Kyle Trask only knows one offensive system that was with Byron Leftwich and Baker Mayfield. He's been all over the block here throughout his NFL career, but, uh, I am eager to see how this shakes out, and I do know that either way, it's going to be fun to keep up with these quarterbacks here in Tampa Bay because you do not have that Tom Brady, that leader that can drive you know, a two-minute drive here and win games late in a football season, late in a game either, in a clutch situation as well. So I think that it's not necessarily a quarterback competition, but I do think it is Baker Mayfield's job to lose, and he can very well lose this job. Obviously, aside from injury, injury is a given, but aside from injury, I do think, you know, maybe if Baker and the Bucks don't look so hot, you know, maybe six, seven games into the season, I do think they make a change at quarterback, and I think that's the right call. However, the one thing for Baker Mayfield is, is that Todd Bowles cannot afford to lose games, so if he is still believing in Baker, he's not going to pull uh, Baker and, you know, substitute in Kyle Trask. Yeah,
1: and I'm only going to be concerned with this if we see this end of June, beginning of July, heading into August, Before before the first preseason games, if we see this in the preseason, of course, you're going to be a little bit shocked by it. But I think that we're going to see who I think we're really going to see who's going to win this battle in the preseason. And that's whenever things are really going to heat up right now, May, the end of May. I don't think this matters one bit at all, in my opinion. Of course, people in Tampa right now in the Tampa media like t Kraz or anybody who's hosting a show has got to kind of see this as a bit of a problem. Of course, you'd want to pose it as that. And if I were in Tampa right now, I'd be saying the exact same thing that you guys are, is that this is a problem. But sitting pretty far away from that and looking at the rest of the NFL, really not seeing any videos outside of Buccaneers training camp. And that's on my Twitter that I look at at least twice a day. Not seeing really anything at all besides the Buccaneers quarterback competition. I don't see this as a big deal at all. And uh, I think this job is going to really be won in the preseason between these two guys. And hey, if Kyle Trask wins the job, I'd be very excited because that means that he beat out uh, an NFL veteran who's been in the league for five years, starting each and every single year. So that would be huge for Kyle Trask. And that would mean, hey, this guy could be good. And we may see a Jordan Love situation on the Buccaneers' Sands. And in terms of, hey, this guy's been sitting behind an all-time great, exactly like Jordan Love has, for the last two years. And now he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. And I think we're going to be- see good things out of Jordan Love. And if that were the case in Tampa, I think we'd see some really good things out of Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield would be pissed off of course but his contract isn't that big i would say if, if baker mayfield's contract was five million dollars a year he's automatically the guy in tampa but his contract only being around one million dollar cap space hit this year for the 2023 season doesn't really make that big of a deal for the buccaneers to choose him over a quarterback that beats him out in preseason so we're going to see that later on in the season of course later on heading into the regular season we're going to see that who's going to win the battle but like, it, like we've both said, I think Baker Mayfield right now is the guy. Of course, he's getting the first-team reps, but so is Kyle Trask. And I think we're seeing a healthy quarterback competition that we haven't really seen since, what, Mike Glennon and Josh Freeman in 2013. So hopefully it doesn't end up like that, but I think that's what we're seeing right now in Tampa Bay for the first time in a long time.
0: Yeah, and again, right now you mentioned not seeing any other you know videos outside of the Buccaneers in this quarterback competition surface on social media and with other reporters, of course. Uh, but I think the reason being is there's no true – quarterback competition in the NFL right now, aside from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and what's happening right here in Tampa Bay regarding Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. The one other situation I thought was somewhat of a quarterback competition was out with the San Francisco 49ers. uh, Who do you got then? Who would you consider to? uh, I've got
1: uh, uh, Bryce Young, Andy Dalton and then the Colts quarterback situation there. I think a lot of the rookie quarterbacks, what we've seen recently in the NFL is these rookie quarterbacks have been sitting down and not getting to start week one. Even the number – if we don't see the first overall pick start the NFL season, I think this is a trend that we're going to see for a long time moving forward because it's worked out for guys like Justin Herbert. Of course, Joe Burrow was thrown right into the fire, but they didn't have a veteran quarterback there at the time because Andy Dalton had just been released. So I think we're going to see a lot of teams start off with veteran quarterbacks this year. And Bryce Young, of course, is going to fight for the starting job. So is Anthony Richardson. But those guys are also fighting for, for the quarterback position right now of being the first quarterback on the Colts, on the Panthers. Like you just said, the, the San Francisco 49ers is a, is a big one, and that's a lot of the young quarterbacks. With the Buccaneers, of course, you're seeing guys that are more veterans at this point in terms of contrast. Of course, not a lot of reps. Baker Mayfield, definitely an NFL veteran, but I think we've got four or five good quarterback competitions heading into this season, especially me looking at – I'm looking at the Indianapolis Colts a lot because I, I think Anthony Richardson – should start out the season as the starting quarterback, but we'll see how that goes with the first year coach for Indianapolis. But there's at least four or five, probably more that we're not thinking of right now that that are big quarterback competitions in the NFL.
0: Are you simply saying he should be the guy because of their roster there in Indianapolis, or because of where they took the quarterback in Anthony Richardson, or I think it's where they took him. Of course, I think that they should just throw him into the fire immediately
1: because I just, we saw yeah. how he was. We saw how he was in college. He needs oh to be gosh. put out there, and he needs. They, if they can get a running offense in Indianapolis, which should be really easy with Jonathan Taylor, and they've also got a threat that can go down the field in Jelani Woods and also Michael Pittman Jr., two guys that you can just chunk the ball up to. And we've seen Anthony Richardson have a pretty good arm, at least in college football. If he can just throw those 50-50 balls with a little bit of effect, I think he's your guy in Indianapolis to start the season. Same thing goes for Bryce Young. With, with the first overall pick in the NFL draft, over the years, I think, at least since I've been watching the NFL, since at least 2000, what, 2009, heavily watching the NFL, we've always seen the first overall pick start the season. And if Bryce Young is not starting the season for the, for the Carolina Panthers, I think that's a red flag. I don't care what they're saying heading into the season. At least he was good in college football. And to see him not start week one for the Carolina Panthers, I think, would be a huge deal in terms of their confidence moving forward with Bryce Young.
0: Yeah, I think obviously in Indianapolis, I don't think that Anthony Richardson is ready. I don't think that he was good in the SEC. He did have a lot of arm strength. He was very accurate down the field, but he wasn't good in the SEC. So I, I didn't see enough. Now, I guess you do have to get a more grass time, if you will, uh, because he really doesn't have many reps at quarterback aside from you know what happened last year. And there was a lot of inconsistencies. He had an incredible game early on in the season with the Florida Gators against Utah. And then after he ended, that, hey, he
1: ended the season on a tear. His last four games, his last four games in college looked really good. That's why he went up so high in the NFL draft. I think he's going to be a pretty good quarterback if they can get the offense moving around him. And all they've got to do is run the football. They've got Quentin Nelson on the offensive line. They've got a pretty decent offensive line um, in terms of the inside. The outside sucks. You saw Matt Ryan dying last season. But if they can get the run game going, I think he's a quarterback to watch out for. And right now he's reminding me a lot of Josh Allen coming out of college football because those are two guys that can run the ball well. They both have big arms. Josh Allen panned out, and we're going to see if Anthony Richardson pans out too because I don't think that they're starting that the quarterback that they've got there in Indianapolis right now, I don't even know who the, who the starting quarterback would be right now in Indianapolis. Sam and, Ellinger? Yeah, Sam Ellinger, and he is not a good quarterback. And in terms of, of looking at that and, and looking at the quarterback that was the starter a couple of years ago with the Buffalo Bills and Tyrod Taylor whenever Josh Allen came through, that's a huge difference because Taylor was like Baker Mayfield at this point in his career and Ellinger is absolutely nothing in the NFL, in my opinion. So I think Anthony Richardson being, what, the fourth overall pick in the draft should start immediately for the Colts because you're throwing away games if you're starting Sam Ellinger because what if this guy plays good and now you got Anthony Richardson as a backup quarterback for for a while? That's exactly what we saw with the San Francisco 49ers, like you're about to say, with Trey Lance and Sam Darnold because I think Sam Darnold's going to win out that competition, and the 49ers are going to look foolish for trading three first-round picks to move up for Trey Lance in the draft just two years ago. I think that was a terrible decision. The Colts didn't move up one bit for a guy that's more talented in Anthony Richardson. Obviously didn't play great in Florida, but I think he's going to be a pretty decent quarterback in the NFL, hopefully. it Just based off of athleticism alone, he should be good.
0: And you're talking about San Francisco and the quarterback controversy there. Obviously, we saw Brock Purdy do his thing last year. He got injured, and Trey Lance was injured off last year. and They brought in Sam Darnold this offseason season. The 49ers are allegedly giving Trey Lance all the first-team reps at OTAs over Sam Darnold, and Darnold worked with the second-team group so far throughout OTAs. Now, to me, I view this as, hey, if Darnold looks better with the second team than Trey Lance looks with the first team, we we know what we have in Trey Lance, and it is not a starting quarterback. That's kind of how I view this, and I think that that's the right move. However, if Trey Lance kind of gives a mixed signal here, You know, a great day, a bad day, a great day, a bad day, a couple of good reps, a couple of bad reps. I still think you have to say, hey, this guy is not what we thought. John Lynch has to swallow his pride in that regard. And, again, all respect to John Lynch, but they did trade three first-round picks for this Mm guy. Um, And I I think that it's just a little bit too much for any quarterback, much less a guy like Trey Lance. Yeah, if he doesn't pan
1: out, that is – that's a huge draft bust for the 49ers. Of course, he played last season. And the last game he played was against against the Chicago Bears. And if you remember, that was the rainiest football game I think I've ever seen. That was the
0: game he actually got injured in because in week one, he looked pretty good. So hopefully- yeah, so I, I do I do want to correct ourselves there. They gave up the 2021-2022 first round pick and the 2022 third round pick. So two first rounds and a third, but still, and I mean, that's insane. So, yeah, and I mean, had, and they moved up a pretty good amount because the 49ers- from what
1: I remember, have been in the NFC Championship or in the NFC Divisional round for the last three or four years, and the thing that they can't get by with is because their quarterback play has been subpar. Of course, last year, Brock Purdy, I think, could have beat the team that they were playing against in the NFC Championship, in the Eagles, if he would have played, but of course, he got injured, and now you're stuck with with uh, Trey Lance, who has really not shown much in the NFL. Hopefully, for their sake, for John Lynch's sake, they that Trey Lance wins that battle, but Sam Darnold looked good at the end of last season and me personally, I do not see Trey Lance winning out that battle, at, at least based off of skill alone, because I think Darnold's a better quarterback, but of course they've obviously got more money riding on Trey Lance and maybe even the GM spot in San Francisco with John Lynch. Of course, a Buccaneer great John Lynch has been, but for that team with that defense and that head coach to not get past the NFC Divisional. For the last two years now, since they have lost to this to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago with Garoppolo, for them not to really get back with probably the best defense of the 2020s, and I think the best defense that we've seen over the last 10 years, for them not to get back to the Super Bowl, I think that's a huge deal for the 49ers. And losing two first round picks for a guy like Trey Lance who has not done anything at all is big, and especially if, if Sam Darnold isn't what they kind of hope if, if he wins that job, which I mean I think he's going to win. So. It's a big deal for the 49ers. It's a big deal for John Lynch, and it may even be a big deal for Kyle Shanahan because he's been there, I think, four years now as the head coach, and they really haven't, haven't made it back to, to anywhere near the Super Bowl since then. I mean, last year, of course, they were close, but they've got it. They've got to get past the NFC Divisional
0: and the NFC Championship to make it back to the Super Bowl again if those two want to stay there. Yeah, no, no question about it. Again, we're talking quarterbacks here on TCM Pod. Make sure to leave us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, Wherever you watch this, wherever you stream our podcast at any given time, YouTube as well, make sure to comment, like, and subscribe. Uh, We do appreciate that. As always, it goes a long way. And got a lot of love on Twitter as well. Uh, Of course, uh, Port Lou uh, Richie obviously, you know, weighed in on the birthday as well. That was cool to see. I believe I got his Twitter. I'm Port Richie Lou. There we go. New Port Richie Lou. That's what I meant to say. And obviously, Captain Mike Perry also reached out as well and, uh, you know, It's been fun to keep up with and fun that everybody has reached out. But regarding NFL quarterbacks here, we saw some other things come out with Tua Tungavailoa, who's also trying to take that next leap here this season. And Mike McDaniel said today that the camera that's on the side of Tua's helmet actually is a tool to drive home specific teaching points. And the camera has audio. So Tua can hear and review play calls and see every play from the quarterback's vision and processing. So, it's uh it's interesting, it's cool technology. We'll see if that actually translates to on the field stuff. But I'm at this point, it seems like they're doing everything they can for Tua to try to help him succeed there in Miami. And I know they want to do so, but at the end of the day, with the concussion issues, you know, how much of this is it gonna be, you know, before it's kind of a wasted time, before something does happen to Tua? Hopefully not, but we have seen in the past with concussions and issues of him trying to stay healthy.
1: Yeah, hopefully Tua can get those concussions in check. Right now, they've got him with the West Welker helmet. Uh, I think he's the first quarterback to wear the West Welker-type helmet in the NFL. So it's huge for him. I mean, I think Tua looked really good last season before the concussions. And the concussions, you can obviously see, affected his accuracy because before the concussions, he was in the MVP race for the best quarterback in the NFL. His passer rating, his completion percentage last year before he got the first concussion was 70%. And that was, that was into week nine. So he was looking like Drew Brees out there with – the Miami Dolphins, he was also chunking the ball deep. They have great receiving threats there in Miami with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell. They've also got Mike Gusecki. They've always got a good run game. And, of course, if you're Mike McDaniels, you're, put, you're, you're putting everything into Tua right now because he could be a very good quarterback in the NFL if these injuries can be kept in check because concussions can ruin somebody's career, even outside of even outside of football. You've seen it happen in basketball. A guy gets a concussion, he never plays the same because he's scared of the contact. And that's probably happening with Tua right now. Hopefully they can get that in check with this new helmet that he's got on because, of course, he's still going to be taking the huge hits. They don't have the best offensive line. He's a left-handed quarterback, so their right tackle is basically every other team's left tackle. And they've got to have a really good right tackle in Miami to protect Tua's blind side, which was not protected well last season. Even after the injury, they really didn't uh, go ahead and maybe trade for a right tackle that could protect him better, get some better help on the offensive line. So, with that camera thing and with Mike McDaniels, who's an offensive genius, it seems, because with Tua, they looked great last season before the concussion. He's putting all of his money into one basket, all of it, all of his eggs into one basket, and he's praying that he can get that to the finish line this season. And I think the Dolphins have huge potential this year because they also signed, they, they traded for Jalen Ramsey at some point in the offseason, people forget about that. They've already got a good defense. They've got a great safety that was in his rookie season last year. I'm blanking on his name. They've got good cornerbacks already there. I mean, they've got they still got Byron Jones. They've still got that other guy that that played really great a couple of seasons ago and then got injured and then had problems off the field. Jalen I mean, Waddle, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, Tyree yeah. I mean, they've got so many weapons in Miami. And if Tua can just be as accurate as he was last season, they don't even need to force the ball down the field to end up being the AFC San Francisco 49ers because they look like they've got a pretty good defense set up. They've got great offensive weapons. And right now they look like the counterpart, at least the complete balance of the 49ers in the NFC. Of course the dolphins are in the AFC. So they could be a really good team this year. And if you remember coming from the Shanahan tree, Mike McDaniels was the offensive coordinator for the 49ers. Whenever they made the super bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback, of course they ended up losing that game, but that was solely based off of Jimmy Garoppolo. Missing a wide open Emmanuel Sanders on a 50-yard pass that would have won them the game and beat Patrick Mahomes. So of course Mike McDaniels is going to put a camera onto it. We may even, hey, we may even see a camera onto it during the games because they need him to play at their best. Because you saw how much people loved Mike McDaniels whenever he was winning last season. I think they were seven and one to start the year. They were the best team in the NFL. But after they started losing, people started hating Mike McDaniels, at least on social media, because he's so young they that's a guy that needs to win his games early on to gain the respect as a head coach because he may have became a head coach too early just because he's so good as a as an offensive coordinator so we'll see if that can continue to go on for the Miami Dolphins but Tua is the quarterback for the Dolphins and I see that 100% playing out this season and I hope that Tua can stay healthy because he can be a good quarterback in the NFL and especially with those weapons they have a chance to at least make it to the AFC divisional of course the AFC is incredibly difficult with the quarterbacks I mean that is probably the, the heaviest loaded quarterback division that we've ever seen. And that's even going past Tom Brady and uh, Pay- and Peyton Manning in the AFC for all those years because what we have right now is Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, of course, Tua as well. and then Joe, Barone. Joe Barone. I mean, those are four great quarterbacks. And then you throw in Lamar Jackson when he's healthy. I mean, the AFC is absolutely loaded. And the thing with all those teams is they have great weapons ex- aside from the, from the Baltimore Ravens, but the Ravens also have an amazing defense. So those quarterbacks... Are great in the AFC. Look at the NFC. Who's the best quarterback? I mean, off the top of my head,
0: Jalen Hurts is up there.
1: Obviously, Jalen Hurts is number one. That's it. I mean, that's yeah. really. There's just. There's just nothing going on for the NFC right now. So those the AFC is going to be tough to win. But I think if Tua can stay healthy this season under Mike McDaniel's control, they are a team to watch out for. Maybe even AFC divisional. I'm not going to go as far to say AFC championship. But if if Tua were to go through the whole season uninjured, if the playoffs were to start and he has a good season, I, I may be. Like at least saying that the Dolphins make it to the AFC championship game because he's going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. I don't care his height. I don't care anything about him. I think he's going to be good as long as these injuries can stand or check.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens for Tua this year. I am a big fan of Josh uh, McDaniel. Sorry, Mike McDaniel uh, with the Miami Dolphins. I am a big fan of his. I think he's very smart. Obviously, it shows in what he's done so far. He's cool. He's himself. He's not the standard head coach. He looks like you know, some some guy you'd run into at the gas station down the street called a 7 Eleven. He's a cool guy. He also, looks like a guy that, uh, you know, just hangs out and, and likes to, you know, go read his books. He looks like a sneakerhead as well. Is, and he Maybe. is. He is a, uh, a sneakerhead as well. But we want to round out the show, Spence. I know we didn't really plan for this aspect of it, but the Denver Nuggets and you talk about the Miami Dolphins. The Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat go at it in the NBA Finals beginning tomorrow. Game one gets underway. The Denver Nuggets, obviously, the clear favorite. I think the last time I saw, they were eight and a half point favorite at home. And there is some reasoning to that. I just found this interesting fact regarding the Denver Nuggets. Their arena is 5,280 feet above sea level and allegedly provides a real home court advantage as the Nuggets' all-time winning percentage, 65%. Their all-time away winning percentage, 35%. Wow, yeah. So, I mean, that I mean is, the, the facts, that's the largest difference between home and away win percentages for any active franchise in NBA history, and this is courtesy of ESPN. So, I mean, that is insane that it has that much of an impact on wins and losses and, and home court advantage there for the Denver Nuggets. And they are the home team tomorrow against the Miami Heat. How do you feel? I mean, have you ever heard of anything like that? Uh, no, uh,
1: but... I think the Nuggets are the the team here. I mean, But with the Heat, I mean, last season they lost to the Celtics. This season they get past the Celtics. Of course, the Celtics are a team that were were in the championship game last year. They were in the championship last year, and, I mean, they lost it pretty quickly. So we'll see how that goes this season. But the Miami Heat were up 3-0 against the Celtics in the series, and now they're going to get up against probably the best player in basketball right now, Nikola Jokic. I've got the money on the Nuggets as well, regardless of any stats that are coming out. But, I mean, Jimmy Butler, it would be nice to see him win a championship and maybe even see Michael Jordan come out as Jimmy Butler's father because that's a, a rumor <laughs> going around right now. And I think, hey, I think if Michael Jordan were to see his son win a championship game and he knows that's his son, <laughs> I think we're going to see, hey, that's my son. That's what Michael Jordan's going to say immediately. Scottie Pippen's going to be up in arms again, of course, because for some reason right now they hate each other. But, I mean, I, I, think, I think I've got the nuggets in this series. We're gonna, of course, have a couple of podcasts as that series goes on because I think this is gonna be a seven-game series between the Nuggets and Heat. And is it the Nuggets with home field advantage, a home court advantage? They're gonna have game they'll have the first one, two. Three, yep. five, and seven. They're gonna yep. have Game Seven in
0: in in Denver, one, right? Two, three, four. Yeah, they should have Game Seven in Denver. Yep.
1: Yeah, so I've got to go with the Nuggets here because going into Denver to play Nikola Jokic, I don't care who's around him. That guy is like the greatest player at anybody's. He's he's I compare him to playing against the best player at a, at a local gym, like a YMCA, and somebody just coming in there and dominating everybody, and they're like, hey, how's this guy doing this? He's, he looks like a guy that's not going to be able to do anything at all. He he even moves as slow as possible, but the guy can shoot threes, he can shoot mid-ranges, and he can drive in against anybody. I You saw him against LeBron James um, whenever he swept the Lakers just a week ago. I mean, he's incredible, and I, I've got all my money on Nikola Jokic. He reminds me, of course, doesn't play the same as Dirk Nowitzki, of course, But he's a guy that can carry your team to a finals, to a championship victory. And I think this season we're going to see the Nuggets win it all. And I think after that we're going to see him saying, hey, I'm going to head to McDonald's to go get me a 10-piece after this championship win because the Nuggets are going to win it all. They're going to put out the heat. Jimmy Butler is not going to be classified as Michael Jordan's Jordan's son, sadly, just because Michael Jordan doesn't want a loser in his family. And if Jimmy Butler loses this game – I mean, he's made it so far every single year. He's going to end up like Jason Tatum, who's already lost. Jason Tatum has already lost three Eastern Conference championships and a final, (laughs) and he's only 24 years old. So I don't think that Michael Jordan would want to associate himself with a guy like Jimmy Butler who hasn't won anything either. So this is big. This is Jimmy Butler getting a dad, and this is Nikola Jokic becoming one of the greatest players in NBA history if he can win this one and get some news there.
0: I'm going to take the Miami Heat simply because of their hustle, their effort, and if they get Tyler Hero back here in the playoffs right here, crunch time, let's say, by game three, if he's not already going to be back game one, I think it's a different uh, a different series. I think it does go seven. I don't think either team just runs away with it in game seven. But I'm going to go with the, the so-called underdogs. I like the hustle stats that I see for Miami Heat. I like Jimmy Butler. He is a dog. He fights hard. He wants to win. He has the opportunity ahead of him. And this guy's the go-getter. He's gritty. He's physical. He's quick. He's nifty with it. I'm excited to watch this series play out. I'm going to go with the uh, Miami Heat. And you guys can weigh in, too, at TCM underscore pod on all social media, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, the whole nine yards. Yeah. I'm going Nuggets. He's going Heat. All right. That's it, guys. Again, thank you guys for joining us once more. Nia is going with the heat. I can tell. Uh, much love there. And wow. I appreciate you guys for all the love and support. And not only have the podcast, for the birthday love, too. Uh, and we will talk to you guys next Happy week. Happy birthday, buddy boy. Wow. That's the second time you said that. All right. Cool. Thank love you. you I love you too, brother. And uh, thank you guys for sharing this podcast.